Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Spoiler Cast, a Hungry Gamers offshoot that aims to inform, entertain, and hopefully educate you on one particular release from within the geek culture universe. And on this episode, we are entering the fighting pit, going head-to-head with Simon McCoy's bloody feature film debut released in April of 2021. The IMDb synopsis reads as follows. MMA fighter Cole Young seeks out Earth's greatest champions in order to stand against the enemies of Outworld in a high-stakes battle for the universe. Obviously, we're talking about none other than Mortal Kombat. And joining me in this fight is none other than Earthrealm's resident queen of sass. You can find her on them socials at Miss Ali Hart. Miss Ali Hart, welcome to the tournament. How you doing? Oh, I am both anxious and excited. It's always fun when it comes to video game interpreted uh, media. <laughs> so this one's a special one. Yeah, it's, it's certainly uh, a very low bar that has been set <laughs> over the many, many years of video game to screen adaptations. But uh, mm. overall, I think, I think they did well for the most part with what we uh, saw realized on screen over the past few weeks since things this has been doing the rounds in the cinemas and available on streaming services now through HBO Max, which is awesome. Mm. But uh, I guess I guess sort of the way uh, anyone that hasn't listened to a spoiler cast first and foremost, the way we do these episodes is we're going to talk non-spoiler for the first portion of this episode. So you can listen along and not worry about things getting spoiled for you from a massive narrative perspective and, and big things that might might change your perception of this film. And then after that, we're going to jump into full spoilers and just talk willy-nilly about whatever we like going into some of the, uh, the the meat and potatoes and some of the crazy things we saw and, and go into big detail about the narrative and, and, uh, and big plot points and things like that. So mm. I guess we could start things off maybe with our general thoughts and, and how we overall perceive and feel this movie is like was it good was it bad what did you take away from it so maybe miss hart throw us throw us your non-spoiler uh shoot from the hip review of mortal kombat 2021 so there was a lot of cheese there were some bad story plots um there was some not so great acting uh but overall i actually still really enjoyed it i'm looking forward to you know, the possibility of another movie. I, um, I, I sort of mirror your, your statement there. Like, uh, I, I wrote a, a sort of a single line recap as well. And, um, yeah, I said, I really liked it. It was dumb, violent, funny, and enjoyable. Uh, pretty much expected, uh, pretty much exactly as I expected it to be. So, uh, mm. you, you bang on, bang on regarding the, the cheese factor. Oh, yeah. They really lent into that in parts. And I think they needed to, to make this movie more enjoyable. Yeah. Like there were times where there were moments of cheese in there where I was kind of like, hey, uh, yeah, I get that. And then there were other times where I was like, mm, like, <laughs> so like there was like a balance of both good cheese and bad cheese. Not enough to yeah. make it a full stinker, but. Yeah, there it, was, there was a sprinkling of blue cheese in there. But there for the most part, it was some Jarlsberg <laughs> and some cheddar. There's some good camembert in there. Yep, yep, bit of American, a bit of that sort of, uh, you know, generic good burger cheese that everyone Ooh, likes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, I'm I'm with you too on the uh, the not-so-great acting. Like, And it's mm. sad because I think the cast overall, they, they assembled a really good cast to embody these video game characters. Yeah. But then the character that's not from the video game, Cole Young, played by Lewis Tan, who's a great martial artist, maybe not the best actor, was sort of the weakest person on the screen for me 
more often than not it felt here's the thing there's a like um full disclosure after watching the movie i did what i always do i jumped on youtube to watch watch interviews watch funny interviews watch behind the scenes stuff and like this is i usually do this with a lot of things where there's like a lot of lore and then also like a you can kind of feel like a cast chemistry um mm-hmm. and for like the cast like a good chunk of the cast really knows Mortal Kombat and really loves it. And the one person who seems to really like it is Louis Tan, who plays Cole Young. He, like, they got quizzed, I believe, on it was either IGN or one of the other kind of gaming networks. They got quizzed on characters and he got, like, almost, like, full points on getting all the characters. And he knew, like, secret lore as well. And I'm just like, man, this guy is seems so awesome so genuine he loves the like franchise and he just got given a rough deal on this character of cole young yeah they um they don't really flesh it out too much like obviously we we listed off the imdb synopses and it's it's only a couple of lines uh and anyone that's going into to this movie thinking it's going to be the shawshank redemption or something as far oh, as gosh, no. you know massive big character developments and, and and a big gripping story and, and a huge journey that's an emotional roller coaster you're going in for the wrong reasons like anyone that's not thinking of this movie is just good dumb fun with some crazy violence and a couple of laughs you're going to be disappointed but if you go in wanting that and expecting that i think you're going to be happy I'm also going to say probably if you are a dedicated Mortal Kombat fan, like super dedicated and you are hoping for a super lore enriched experience, don't like don't go in thinking that they're going to follow all the stories and how everything's kind of written in like the Mortal Kombat games, even though some of that contradicts itself. But yeah, don't go in if you're hoping that it's going to stay absolutely true <laughs> to the what yeah. has been written. So. Yeah, it, it takes it takes the the guidelines and the the history of Mortal Kombat and the mm. tournaments and things like that, and, and it references them, and it leads well, it's leading to that, but it then just goes, you know what? We're gonna just go over here and set the scene, and I see this movie almost like a prequel, is the way I sort of oh yeah think about it more. It's a prequel to the eventual tournaments and the proper Mortal Kombat fandom and and respect to the source material that we all love like there's a lot of a lot of setting the scene and fleshing out some of these characters like it's it's clear that yeah want cole young to maybe be the new face of at least the big screen stuff but um if we sort of wanted to flip the script and it's available on youtube you can watch it anywhere that they show the first i think it's the first 10 minutes or nine whatever you know yeah nine first, ten minutes yeah yeah and it, it's the opening scene of Mortal Kombat, and it's just about one of the best scenes in the entire movie. Um, it is very special. <laughs> to be fair, if there was ever a, a catfish of movie, like, like I'm not saying that, like, you know, but this scene, like the start, was art. It was beautiful. It was stunning. It was well choreographed. It was gorgeous. And then it kind of obviously goes off and does something else afterwards, but, like... That like that intro, I like um, I've referenced it before, but Machinima or uh, someone attached to Machinima kind of did their own Mortal Kombat series web series. Yeah, which and, is so great to watch. Yeah, and I gotta say, like I saw some similarities in there in regards to the two characters, 
that I can hopefully say, which is Scorpion and Sub Zero. Yeah, um, I, I think you can. I don't think that's spoilery. Anyone <laughs> that's um anyone that's gonna get upset about that, just simmer down. It's it's the opening. It's yeah. the first ten minutes. <laughs> it's literally on YouTube. <laughs> watch it um but like there's a lot of like similarities kind of to see how that both those kind of scenes were set up and i i think it's beautiful i think it's a great way to introduce these characters especially um also in the timepiece of like their history as well so it was it was gorgeous but yeah yeah it's it's so well done like um yeah this this movie like yeah cole young's the the main protagonist but i think the the two leads or the two big plays in this movie is um hanzo hasashi who's obviously scorpion and then uh bihan who's sub-zero and it, and it goes back many many centuries to to the initial sort of feuding between their two clans and and a lot of shit happens on on screen in this 10 minute open and it is so well choreographed the fighting is great it's brutal really cool um scripting in this too like it's some of the probably most strongest um scenes as far as the narrative and the, the discussion between the two characters yeah, and, and it really sets the table for i guess future for future works most definitely but um mm. yeah the, it's it's probably the best 10 minutes sadly of the whole movie in my opinion <laughs> like that's that's not like pulling on the rest of the rest of the film like as a whole as a whole piece when it comes to like you said like writing um environment uh characters and just everything as a whole it is the best consistent 10 minutes of the film yeah so and it's great too because like uh you know mortal Kombat is i think overall you know the the battle of sub-zero and scorpion and their their century-long rivalry um and and i like that they went boom this is it you know this mortal Kombat right here straight into it instead of just uh you know taking their time and and focusing more on cole the mma fighter uh, they 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 jump straight into the big dogs and uh, you know it's it sets the scene well. Uh, the, I think the cast overall, I think they were they were well they were well selected. I think they all suited their roles uh, pretty damn good. Uh, mm. I, I think we, we might be in close agreement that um, Josh Lawson, Australia's Josh Lawson, jo- uh, Australia's Josh Lawson, who plays Kano. I think he was my favorite. And I know we were umming and ahhing about this before we watched it. You especially, because you're like, he's I'm... on Superstore. <laughs> and I'm still watching that. But, Great show. Um, but my biggest problem, and like it full, like when we saw the bit in the trailer where he appeared, it was some cheesy, corny moments, not a lot of context to his character. So we saw what I, my opinion was some bad CG, which was meant to be the laser out of his eye. Yep. And then... Um, just saw him standing there and I think he said Kano wins like we heard like these were in the trailers you fucking beauty (laughs) exactly and like without the overall context to me it just felt like like so forced and he he himself no offense like was still a bit on the scrawnier side so I was really hesitant as him as Kano and he proved me wrong by miles yeah he uh he was the star of this movie like yeah he, he carried this movie and without him, like we were just talking offline before we hit record, uh, without him, this movie would be far, far, far worse, I think. Yeah. And it's it's kind of crummy to say that like one character kind of really like led the movie into success or to like a passable grade. But I'm sorry when like when you 
when I guess when you're such a great actor and you really get yourself into a character and you just you're this larger in life character in contrast to maybe your counterparts, it's it's gonna look that way and it sadly is the way for this movie. Yeah, he his his star certainly shone the brightest anytime he was on screen and yeah. it was like you could see how much fun he was having with this role. Like outside of God, if you want to go like Crocodile Dundee, I can't think of a more iconic portrayal of Australia on a movie, like on an American-based uh, movie. And it was so good. Like I went and watched this in the cinema uh, with with my mama and the people in the movie movies with us, we were all just like pissing ourselves laughing in unison anytime he'd, he'd come out with one of these Aussie-based zingers. And it was so good. God, I cracked up. I like that they didn't filter his Australiana. Like, um, I find that with a lot of media, which we have discussed before, when it comes to representing Australians, um, they kind of dumb it down a bit. They just stick to, you know, shrimp on the barbie kind of jokes just to keep it relatable and simple to, um, like, other countries to, like, uh, this is Australian, so this is what you know, and they always stick to that. So I'm kind of glad that they unapologetically let him just go full Australian like every Australian that watched this was like oh I know that guy like you know like oh yeah yeah like uh some of the things that he gets like he says and I've, I've heard he sort of did a little bit of freestyling in on the script a few times <laughs> and it's perfect like there's references to anal beads he drops the word wanker in there uh, th- there's so many Australianisms from like bogan slang. I don't, I don't want to say them all because it's sort of spoilery and it's better if you just hear them for the first time when you watch this movie. But yeah. just about everything he says in the movie is just gold. And his comedic timing is brilliant. Like he just nails every line, every word. And, and yeah, he's Kano. Like, he is. You know, you know, we think of old Englishmen that played him in the, the 1995 film you know, he's like, hello, baby, did you miss me? Like, still, still love some it, great though. singers, some great lines. <laughs> he had the body. If we can grab his body and <laughs> just, they just combine yeah. it, perfect. I'd be so happy. Yeah, but uh, overall, like, the, the movie, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, you enjoyed it. Wasn't without its warts. But oh, yeah. Good combat, like the hand-to-hand martial arts stuff that oh. they put on screen mm-hmm. here. Some of the best from, like, a blockbuster you'll see, like, it's up there with, like, your John Wicks and stuff as far as just super fast, super accurate, really brutal martial arts. And then you you, you combine that with them doubling down on the proper Mortal Kombat R rating where there's blood and viscera and arms getting busted up and shit exploding everywhere. Like, Not as bad as stuff I that was it lacking was going from to the be. first movie. Yeah, I thought it could have been a bit more, but... Like it was there, but it just wasn't as I. You know what? Maybe I would have been a bit kind of like, "Come on, guys, that was unnecessary." If they just went all out, so who knows? Maybe it was yeah. just the right amount. Yeah. So I, I think there was there was a good amount of violence. Uh, good table setting for future movies. Like uh, spoiler, but not a spoiler. But um, Joe ha- Joe Taslam, who plays Bihan slash Sub Zero, he's said that he's potentially signed up for four movies in total. So there, there's plans for potentially at least having him represented in this movie, which we'll talk about in the spoilers shortly, um, in three more movies, potentially. So I hope we get some more ones because this is a good, great first point to jump off into more of the Mortal Kombat lore and just uh, build out on this crazy, violent universe that we got. Yeah. Um, I'm like, if there's any major takeaway 
is that although I like I did enjoy this film, like it could have been worse, like it could have really been worse. So it reached a it reached a point where I enjoyed it. So I'm happy with that as a pass. Um, if anything that this film did, it kind of got me excited for the future films. I feel like there's a great chance that I could possibly enjoy the future films more than this one. Which if that I makes hope sense. Is different to Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which was the yes. sequel to the first movie, which is an absolute piece of poo. But um, a couple of quick thoughts of a uh, couple of quick thoughts of the nation. So, uh, Dad, Daddy Lemon on um, on the Discord has said uh, this is this is a couple of reviews that I'll read to sort of I think emphasize some of the thoughts and opinions we've had and uh, maybe throw some new wrinkles that maybe we didn't talk about there. So he says, Mortal Kombat to the extreme R18 movie adaptation includes a fair chunk of blood, guts, and gore to make fans happy. And with a franchise that has 22 games and two pretty decent movies from the 90s, first one, yes, second one, no, anyway, there are a lot of people to try and keep happy. Anyway, this new take on Mortal Kombat starts strong, goes floppy in the middle, and finishes weak and droopy. It's a lot of, uh, you know... uh, penis referencing there i think but anyway it is what it is with only 110 minutes they spend 80 percent of the movie trying to set up a backstory and plot and then realize they need to get uh they need to get the might testing and flawless victories happening so cram the majority of the fights into the last 20 percent jumping between battles in what i think is a cop-out in brackets shit we are running out of time let's have raiden teleport everyone to arenas more on that stuff later the movie ends with them trying to set up the sequels rather than giving us something more satisfying. In any case, this fan enjoyed the movie for what it was and would give it a 7 out of 10 biased lemons. Please note that Mortal Kombat must be written in all caps so you can pay homage to the games and original movies and screamed out loud. So, I didn't read anyone's opinions because I wanted to kind of react to them organically. And I honestly thought this was going to be a bad review. And now it just makes me realize that a lot of people are exactly like me, where I'm kind of like, yeah, this is weird. And that was a bit off, but I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a great little review there from uh, Daddy Lemon. And the next one, Benny McJanet at the Sporty 13, host of 8-Bits Cocktail Club. I went in with low expectations, but was hoping to be proved wrong. The movie is faithful in showing the violence and the blood feud between Scorpion and Sub-Zero, but sadly, that's about it. The birthmark thing is even stupider than it originally sounded from the preview write-ups. The fights are wonderfully violent and brutal and well choreographed. The dialogue is pretty woeful for most of the film. Carl Young is as terrible as I thought he would be. Actually, the twist on his character is worse than I was expecting. The whole having... The whole having a birthmark unlocks Arcana was so dumb. Give me more Joe Taslam though. Man is fantastic. Also, Ludi Lin was jacked. Honestly, it basically felt like the whole thing was a teenage boy's fanfic given a Hollywood green light. So he didn't give us a, a rating there or a review score, but it sounds like Benny McJanet would have been giving that certainly a three or a four out of ten. Because uh, confirm it's low. <laughs> he's uh he's one of the most passionate uh, Mortal Kombat fans out there, and and he knows the law more than most of the people I know. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, really rub Benny the wrong way. Really rub Benny the wrong way. Honestly, I think um, Benny's quite fair in his review, to be honest. There's a lot of things he's written here, which I agree. I agree with him. So, um, but I can understand where we kind of sit in the sides of, you know, whether we, in the end game, whether we liked it or not. But I can appreciate Benny's comments here. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, um, yeah, what both uh, Daddy Lemon and uh, Benny McJanet said there are pretty pretty bang on point. And I guess we could sort of throw a couple of other quick nitpicks or gripes that maybe we haven't covered in what we've already spoken about and then then pivot into the spoiler territory. So, yeah, mm. overall, like what uh, what we've all been talking about there, the, the plot is a little bit of a mess. Oh, it's yeah. very quickly thrown together. Uh, I already alluded to my thoughts on Cole. He's just a very meh character yeah uh, you it, know, he's, it almost felt unnecessary <laughs> like they could have really literally did. taken him out and it would have been fine but yeah yeah what about you miss Hart? any other any other gripes you want to <sighs> highlight before we maybe maybe break off here and then jump into spoiler territory yeah um for, for the most part it sounds weird that like it doesn't feel like there was enough characters in it if that makes sense like I feel like there was only a small handful of characters. Um, there was a lot of rough editing in this, uh, like <laughs> where like a lot of scenes were choppy. Um, unfortunately, due to watching a lot of videos, I also noticed when fight sequences are chopped up a lot to make them look more impressive. So I, I noticed that a lot, unfortunately. Um, and what would normally you would assume to be great characters were easily forgettable. Yeah, that's that's very true. Like. Um you can see that old Simon McCoy, he certainly held characters back from entering in. Like we got a couple of ancillary characters that I thought they were made up for this movie and then realized like, um, you know, not really spoiling, you'd see it in the the, the cast billing, but Rako, who's played by Australia's Nathan Jones, Mad former Max. professional wrestler, yeah, part of Mad Max. You know, he actually spent like eight years in jail. He's known as like the beast of Bogo Road because he did like eight armed robberies that name the beast of bogo road yeah that sounds like a book that you read to kids yeah that was him well that is him he went to jail for nearly 10 years for a heap of armed robberies and then uh, obviously went professional wrestling for a bit now he's done a few movies uh he's he's just always the big guys crime pays (laughs) yeah yep he was even um i remember in the wwf or it might have just pivoted to wwe he was getting brought up to be like the big foil to Undertaker. But then he quit the oh. wrestling because the scheduling was too busy. So he could have been a big wrestling star. Could have. But he quit. But yeah, the Beast of Bogo Road, he played Reiko. And then Mel Janssen played Nitara, yeah. who is a flying vampire-esque woman. And I thought these were just two random throw-in characters similar to Cole Young. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, no, that's right. Um, that actually exists. So uh, Reiko was first seen in Mortal Kombat 4 and Nitara was shown first in Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance, but very forgettable characters, as you said. But yeah. Yeah, they're certainly keeping the vault of all these other characters for these future films. That's for damn sure. Oh, they that's, wanna... yeah. That you can, yeah. Yeah, after a while, you're kind of like, I know what you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah. But overall, like... I'd, I'd recommend, like, if you got some spare time and some spare cash and you want to have some fun, two hours in the cinemas watching Mortal Kombat, there's certainly far worse things you can do with, you know, 20 or 30 bucks, including some snacks. So uh, mm. I'd, I'd say go check it out. Like, I, I had fun with it. I liked it. You liked it. Yeah. Not perfect, but it's fun. Yeah. And that's what you need. Yeah. Like, if as long as you can get by, like, a lot of things and the cheese, like, the cheese, and then, obviously, like I said, if you're deep into lore, you kind of got to kind of take that to the back shelf a bit while watching this. It's it's enjoyable. Not perfect. Yeah. Not terrible. Exactly. Exactly. And on that note, we're sort of going to break for five seconds here, and then we're going to move into spoiler territory. So anyone that hasn't watched this movie and is worried about getting things, in air quotes, spoiled... Maybe go watch it and come back and listen to the next half of SpoilerCast here. See you soon. Fatality.
All right, so we're going deep now. Everything is on the table. Nothing is off limits. So, Miss um, Hart, do you want to jump into maybe like favorite and best moments to start with? Like what we enjoyed the most out of this movie? I, I, okay, so I, Cabal is one of my favorite characters um, in Mortal Kombat. I used to play him a lot. He was great. Um, and then when I saw him in the uh, trailers, only nanoseconds, nanoseconds. And I'm like, that was Cabal. He looks okay. No, he looks fucking great. He looks amazing in this movie. And to top it off, they gave him a Boston accent for some reason. I don't care. He he looked great. He sounded great. He just had this great presence in the film. It really threw me. Like, <laughs> I, I, I was watching this movie and, like, I know Cabal very well, but I don't remember ever hearing him speak in the game. So when I heard him talking like he's like he's just walked <laughs> off the set from the town straight onto Mortal Kombat, it was really jarring for me. Was but it a Boston accent? Did I get that wrong? But it was like it <laughs> sound. Oh, was it New York? Was it Boston or New York? It was sort One of, of somewhere areas. around the boroughs. Either way, but- it was thick. <laughs> yeah, but you know he's he's been around since Mortal Kombat three. Like he's been a mainstay in the Mortal Kombat games for, for many, many years now. Mm. And they, like, for one, as you said, like, his look, they nailed it. I thought it, oh, they executed his so look good. really well. His combat, where he's doing his really fast super whip things with his bloody, I don't even know what you call the weapons he's I got. I feel bad I've forgotten the name of him. But he, like, it didn't look, like, weird. It looked fine. Like, um, Ed Boone said he created this character because of his love for um, the Flash. So this was his way of kind of having his own Flash in his game. So that's – and in the movie, it just – it looked fine. It didn't look kind of cheesy. didn't look cartoony. It looked good. Mm. Hook swords is what they're, they're known as. Hook swords. Oh, I thought they had them. Okay. You could also call them saw blades if you like. Sure. I'm just on the the Mortal Kombat. <laughs> call them old wiki. spikies. Old um, spikies, but, either, but yeah, he um. Either way, like, like as as I kind of preface saying, like, if you're really into lore or you're really into Mortal Kombat, like maybe consider putting stuff on the back shelf. With this, I was so happy. Like, I was really worried that maybe he was going to look really half-assed or he's only going to appear for five seconds, like. But no, I was absolutely pleased with his um, presence in the movie. They got his yeah. story weird. I only know based on the story of the first few games. So unless they changed it in the um, Mortal Kombat meta. but Yeah, um, well, they do have bloody the ability to time travel and change the true. past and stuff. So, so I guess there is a way where they're like, so. you know, maybe they just time travel and change a few things here and there. Yeah, but yeah, but, but like either way, I was happy. But yeah, I li- and I liked that... Um, they had that interaction with Kano and Cabal and, and, and talking about Black Dragon and stuff because yeah. that's where they had their, their initial run-ins and, and that's where a lot of their history comes from. So I like that there was some acknowledgement and, and some um, you know, referencing to early games and early history. Yeah, like that. Like mentioning the like the gang is fine. Like the whole thing about him picking, working with Shang Tsung, and therefore working with Shao Kahn, like, because Shao Kahn, I'm pretty certain he sent people to try and kill Cabal. But either, either, like I said, I'm not going to get hung up on the yeah. details. I'm just happy he looked good um, and he had a really cool presence. More on that yeah, later. Yeah, I think, um, I think I'm, I'm similar with you. Like, uh, overall, I think the, the representation and, like, the, the look of all the characters... I think just about every single one of them, their aesthetic is nailed from the game. And, like, 
even just the details in the costume, you like you look at Scorpion and even Sub Zero's costumes, the detail in their great. their like their chest plates and their masks and their head garbs and stuff like. You watch the 95 film and it looks like they've just grabbed a black sheet and just like wrapped that over and they're like, what are we going to do? Yeah, put a doona on him. Yeah, yeah. Wrap it around, call it a day. Yeah. Like so so the people in costuming that were that were setting up these characters, really great. And like everyone embodied their character. Uh, I thought like uh, Ludi Lin as Liu Kang and Max Huang as Kung Lao. I think they look really great as their characters. Seeing Kung Lao execute his fatality to old uh, Nitara, the flying vampire woman, who I thought was a, a made-up character. Throwaway character. <laughs> yep, you know she was thrown away in two pieces after the end of their an know, actual fatality in fight. An actual fatality too, which was cool. Um, I didn't think it was gory enough. Like it was, but then a, a part of me was underwhelmed by it. I don't know why. I might need to see someone about that. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Mm. And, like, we got a couple of fatalities. Like, uh, we got Jack's um, thunderclapping Reiko's head into a million pieces, mm. um, which was pretty good. And then you get Jack's with his line, you know, thunderclapping. Because before that, like, um, he's trying to, like, I guess we could say we didn't really reference it in the non-spoilery part, but um, to, to get the abilities you see in the games, the story is loosely connected where... The fighters in this tournament need to unlock their arcana, so their hidden special abilities. And they do this via training or with Kano. They just stirred him up enough to get him aggravated till his eye laser just starts fucking popping off. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a whole thing about like, you know, Rocky training montage and stuff almost where they're trying to unlock their arcanas. This is where and, I and, sit with Benny on the arcana. Yeah. Thing. And, and it was cheesy, but I, I like, I, I liked that they actually. Went, yeah, there is some mysticism and, and shit we need to probably try and make sense of here. We can't just say Sonya Blade, um, yeah, Sonya Blade can now shoot bloody pink rings out of her arms. You know, they got to explain how it gets to that point. I so reckon, I like that. I reckon when you cross realms, like that's when, like that's when it happens. Like something kind of triggers like your inner ability, not a fucking mark. Sorry. Yeah. I don't know. That's true, but but then like at the same time. Um, until they're already fighting and got their arcanas, none of like Earth's warriors really have crossed into um, Outworld. Like they're all just fighting in that temple. <laughs> they they go on a random plane ride and then walk across the desert for, for, for ninety bit. days. Yeah. It feels like yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's it's cheesy as hell that part. But I like at least they went. We need to try and work out a way to, in air quotes, make sense of how you get these abilities. So it's yeah. it's shitty and it's kind of dumb, but at least they've sort of said, it's, this is how it happens. It's just like, there's so many times where I try to make sense about the whole attachment to the mark. And I'm like, okay, so the mark means you're an earth realm champion. So does that means the bad guys don't have it, right? No, the, the bad guys have it as well. I think because there we go. Um, I thought I thought if you had the mark it meant you were a defender of the earth realm or you have the mark if you've got to be a fighter I think I think you're a fighter in the tournament so oh, okay. good so and that's bad your have that's it. your ticket <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's, your ticket. that's that's your access pass that's your lanyard <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a fighter let me in <laughs> Check yeah this so out. so that's um yeah, it's 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 interesting. Like if we sort of go down that way and talk about maybe some nitpicks and gripes, they certainly don't explain the narrative or 
the basis of this tournament anywhere near enough. Like Shang Tsung's won nine in a row. If he wins the tenth, they can they can take over Earthrealm and and chaos will ensue. But there's this uh, prophecy about the descendant of, of Scorpion's going to come back and fuck Hanzo, shit up for, yeah. for all the bad guys and make things a bad time. So Shang Tsung has just somehow went, oh, the, the old gods who, who man this tournament, um, they're lazy. They don't care enough. So we're just going to kill all the, all the good combatants before the tournament can even start, which, you know, it's just it's like, okay, whatever. It's moving the plot forward, but it's dumb. Like, you know, Raiden's the only one that cares. Apparently all the other old gods are just off being fat and eating grapes or something. Yeah. I I so uh <laughs> we we're in the we're in the bad the weeds right now cuz when I said like classic characters are forgettable, Raiden was one of them. Raiden is I my personal opinion a very iconic character when it comes to yeah. Mortal Kombat. And to me he just seemed like a really whiny, bitchy just annoying character and he like the overall thing is like we have failed like past tournaments earth is in trouble you guys need to take this fucking seriously i'm sorry mate but that sounds like it's a you problem you have overlooked (laughs) these people each time and you fucked up nine times what's wrong with you (laughs) what are you doing wrong and like he doesn't train them at all. Like even in the the training no. montages, it's like Jackson, Sonya, and like, Cole. They're fighting with Liu Kang and Kung Lao. I, Raiden's just off hanging out over there making lightning. Like I think technically he says like he can't interfere. Um, and I I guess he doesn't train them. I guess he just looks like he's he's just protecting the Earth realm. So that's his responsibility. But it, and. Like, I, like, he does get involved in the end, like, as we find out. Yeah. He goes, oh, you know, I can get involved if I want. But, like, like he picks and chooses, but he's still whiny because no one's taking it seriously and they're not ready and they haven't unlocked their arcana. I don't know. There was just – it just <laughs> it just didn't really seem like such a prominent, cool, powerful character was given yeah. the right kind of attention in this movie. I, I do, like, if we, we throw it back to the first two movies, like – Yes, Christopher Lambert as the original Raiden was piss funny, but he's a white European dude playing a Asian god, yeah. uh, which which is you know a whole other story for another day. And then having um, I can't remember the actor's name, but Dexter's dad, you know, from the show Dexter, playing Raiden in the second movie, is also you know a whiter dude with an even more white accent playing Raiden. And um, yeah, we had yeah, the opportunity. Like, uh, yeah, so like the the portrayal of Raiden. Was was good, um, yeah. Tadanobu Asano played him, and he played him very straight. Like he's very straight laced, very. I'm I'm a straight down the line god, you know. He's very dry. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the fact that uh, for nine previous tournaments he couldn't interfere, and I'm guessing nine previous tournaments Shang Tsung's probably just getting in there early and fucking everybody up before the tournaments can start. Like he- then on this this turnaround, he's like, all right. I've had enough, and yeah, then he started teleporting people around to to make the actually he interfered from he interfered from the very start because the whole thing like that we kind of I think we've agreed is is that Shang Tsung purposefully started killing Earth's defenders because of the prophecy of Hanzo's blood spilling and him coming back, but or the true Earth sorry the true champions were going to defeat them like that was the prophecy yeah. yeah. But then technically Raiden interfered at the very first possible moment where he could, where he clearly went, we're assuming he went back in time, grabbed the child bloodline of Hanzo and then protected it so that it could fulfill the prophecy 
eventually. Yeah. Like, so I guess he was the original meddler. So, yeah, um, so he, he was meddling from the start and he just kept fucking coming. Yeah. I don't know. So ex- expanding <laughs> on that, so that in that first 10 minutes where you see Hanzo and Bihan have this fight, um, spoilers, it ends with, with Hanzo and, and his clan uh, getting defeated, or well, Hanzo and his family, I should say, getting defeated by Bihan's clan. He kills his whole family, but they, they miss... Uh, the young baby that Hanzo had, and they had the baby tucked away in, in like a in some kind of box. They they didn't kill the baby, but they yeah. killed his his wife and his other young child, and and then killed Hanzo. So yeah, Raiden teleports in, takes the baby because yeah, this baby is the key. It it holds the blood of Hanzo Hasashi, and it's going to turn around and and yeah, activate this prophecy and uh, you know end the the turmoil from Outworld and all the bad people. So yeah, yeah it's it's something that doesn't really get explained outside of that scene and then at the very end of the um of the movie we're getting a fight with with cole and uh sub-zero and he um you know raiden gave uh cole uh hanzo hasashi's kunai and he had it in in his you know in the back of his pants and he pulled this thing out and because he's then his hands uh, bled on the kunai it activates and scorpion comes back and then you have the iconic scorpion versus sub-zero mythical fight and there's ice getting thrown everywhere and bloody kunai spears and what? fire while cole punches ice in the background yeah yeah because cole's like it's gone full circle where hanzo's family he finds them and they're frozen mm. and sadly they'd passed by then but cole's wife and daughter a frozen in the MMA ring. I love that it's gone full circle to yeah. his to his opening fight. Excuse me, to his opening fight where um, the the fighter that he actually um, lost his belt to in the championship was named like Eddie Tobias, which is wordplay on the two creators of Mortal Kombat. So one of the many Easter eggs in this movie. But yeah, it's gone full circle back to the MMA. Cole's got abilities now where he his his ability is like armor with some Tonka or Tomfa sticks. Oh god, that looked so bad. It's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. But um yeah, it's it's the whole thing. Cole it's very meh. I feel bad. Like why like why did they do this to this actor? Because there were so many parts to this where like it just didn't feel necessary. Like and his his armor, his suit that you mentioned was it his skin or was it armor? Because there was a lot of times you could tell that it was clearly this like plastic thing that, that he wore because of the way it moved with his body. And it just looked weird. Like it looked really like fake, I guess yeah, is the way like, to say it. I think I think when he when he activates his arcana, this like plating comes over himself as protection. But then it's like, couldn't they just stab you or shoot in the head or in the leg? Like it's just <laughs> his arms and his chest and his back. And then he gets these these Tonfa sticks and um, that that sort of leads into one of my gripes with that is like his his arcana pops off when his family is in danger because Shang Tsung sends Goro or Prince Aww. Goro through the through the to- through the tunnel through the portal to to Earth Realm and he's going to kill uh, yeah Cole's family Cole's inner love of his family activates the arcana gets his armor him and Goro have a fight Goro gets killed off. Goro gets like 10 minutes total screen time in this movie. Uh, and, yeah. You know, he's, he's a big character. He's a big character. It was, pre- it was pretty, pretty short. And like the fight was also mixed in with other fights too. So it wasn't even like 
well, was it other fighting? Yeah, like other fights were happening, right? Like other people yeah. were dealing. Yeah, so it like didn't even have your full attention, really. So, yeah, like, yeah, this is where we talk about like really prominent characters kind of, you know, like really getting the short straw on this. Like, like the, my other nitpick that was that I really wanted to point out, I, I love Cabal. They clearly killed him. He He is not coming back. Yeah, he gone. He, he gone. He is one hundred percent gone. Yeah, so they they killed off a lot of big characters, uh, like Melina, played by Sissy Stringer. She she's one of the the bigger, like she's sort of the the one B. Like you'd say there's like a one A roster of sort of the mm. big big characters, but Melina, I think she's always been right up there, like the the fabled story with her and her sister Katana and Shao Kahn raising them and all this type of stuff. None of that down. really gets fleshed out. She's just almost like shown in this in this movie, just like just the muscle, you know, just one of the henchmen. And they don't really, she doesn't really say anything, Barely. doesn't really do much. The the biggest thing she does, where you see like the mouth rip back and become more, you know, demonic monstery Melina, and then she ends up getting old uh, Sonya Blade's bloody rings through her guts, like just blows a hole in her when she gets which, her arcana, which was in the trailer, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, speaking of in the trailer, we saw that Reptile gets killed. So we knew that Reptile was in the movie and that he gets killed. We saw that in the trailer. Yep. Reptile's yeah, a pretty decent like character. First, yeah, first fatality, old Reptile. Like, I know that there's like a the reptilian race that Reptile's part of. So there, there could be future iterations of him coming in or it coming into Mortal Kombat 234 if, if these movies do come to fruition. But yeah, it was... It was interesting like other other gripes yeah like goro like the throw-in characters like reiko and nitara meh but mm. i get that they didn't want to probably blow their load and have all the big names in at once mm. um and the other thing that, that it's not really a gripe that breaks the movie for me but i love that hanzo hasashi spends centuries and centuries and centuries in hell and obviously he he learns to control the hellfire and he becomes, you know, the the demon vengeance that is Scorpion and everything else. But he comes out of this portal and somehow he's learned English and the only three words he's learned is get over here. Uh, you know, he's still speaking Japanese outside of that, but he says, get over here. It's iconic, I know. Like yeah, they do some fan service. It. You get a fatality. You get a flawless victory. You get a get over here. You get the three main i wish there was a toasty in there somehow but you get mm. three of the main three of the main lines you hear and yeah. um yeah I, I, that was like i'm like really like i know it's fan servicey but you're trying to be serious with this part right now and yeah like they're still speaking in in asian dialect outside of that mm. but yeah he, he drops the english get over here <laughs> just as a fan service bro moment like at the end when like scorpion and sub-zero are taught like are, like fighting each other Scorpion Hanzo is saying something to Cole, but he's he's saying it in Japanese. So Cole's just like standing there, and he, I think he's telling Cole like, "You go to your family. I will do yeah. this or whatever." And yeah. Cole's like looking at him, but he does it like so. It's like, mm. I mean, come on, like he doesn't understand what he's saying. So there's like, but I, uh, although I do appreciate that, I do appreciate that they don't kind of just say, "Oh, now everyone understands each other's language," but like, yeah. Mm, Maybe like my only thought with that too, I was thinking about that the other day is maybe because you know how he was having these flashbacks to Scorpion 
in bloody in hell. Maybe they've got like some neural oh, subconscious like, so, like, so he's yeah, like, go save your family. I've got this under control. That's <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Go punch that ice. Um, also, another cringy moment was um, Shang Tsung talking to Sub Zero, um, and he's talking about the prop. I think he was talking about the prophecy and saying how let's just destroy the Earth champions. And but he calls him Bihan, and then he goes, "I am no longer Bihan. I am." Sub Zero, yeah. and it was, it was like I had a lot of questions with that. I'm like, did you just decide at this moment? Because you've clearly been his fighter for a while. Like, did yeah, for are, centuries. Are you like one of those people who are like, I don't go by that name anymore. I go by this name now. Like, yeah. and my husband said he goes, could you imagine like the HR email going out saying like, please do not call Bihan Bihan. He goes by Sub Zero now. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's. Yeah, like you, you feel for him. He's been doing it for centuries. He's like, mm. Bihan Cody's like, it's Sub Zero Shang Tsung. Jeez, Dad. That's my nickname. <laughs> I'm a cool guy now, <laughs> literally. Um, but like, that was just a funny moment. There's a lot of times where kind of people had to drop their names and it felt a little bit forced. There's a moment where <laughs> Jax quickly introduces himself to J. Cole and his daughter. Then they go, J. Cole and his family get ice cream. That's the rapper, by the way, J. Cole. Cole Young, you're thinking Cole of. Young, sorry, my bad, my bad. <laughs> I'm like, what version are you watching? I'm like, I've watched one with Jack Cole in it. Sorry, great. Cole. <laughs> my bad. Um, Cole Young, sorry. Um, uh, so, and him and his family, so that he, he meets Jax with his daughter. Him and his family get ice cream. Snow appears from Sub-Zero. And then Jax gets his him and his family in the car. Then Jax tells them to go off. And, like, this is all happening really, really quickly. So Cole goes back with his family to that farm and everything. And then he goes – he goes from telling his wife that the daughter's sleeping and he goes, he goes, Jax said that da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I could just imagine his wife going, who the fuck is Jax? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a lot of moments where name dropping felt very forced, like – like they fe- they felt like moments, you know. Yeah, like I get I get Cole's down on his dumps and he's taking a couple of hundred bucks here just to keep the roof over of over his wife and daughter's head at the moment. But his wife and daughter were so casual about everything yeah. going on. Like, you know, they're on they're on the run, hiding out at this farmhouse, trying to avoid demons, and you know, they just saw a dude that can control ice and cold weather and stuff and kill people, and they're just having a nice meal. Goro rolls in. They're so casual about it. She, you know, hits Goro with the axe. Uh, you know, props to she a strong care. wife. Props to yeah, a strong like, wife. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember I the line no she man. said. Yeah, where she was like, you know, you got to do it myself or whatever she said. She gets in there swinging an axe at a guy like a big giant Hulk esque character with forearms. And you know, like yeah, the wife and daughter are just so casual about all this the entire time. Like, like it's cool. Like, it'd be nice to have a family that'd be that casual when there's potential, you know, apocalypse impending. Also didn't feel the love as a family, by the way. Yeah. Didn't feel it. Like, obviously, there's a lot going on. They're trying to fit a lot in this movie. So, obviously, but they did focus some time with Cole and his family, but it just didn't feel it. It didn't feel I like a family. I thought at first, when, when they first introduced the family, like, his daughter is... Uh, Cole's ring, like corner woman, Didn't like know she's it was there his daughter for advising a long time. and training. Didn't know. I picked up on the daughter thing, but I thought him and Cole were divorced because then the wifey comes in and she's like, "I don't go to the fights anymore" or whatever. And I'm like, "Yeah, no. I thought there's a break here and they're co-parenting." 
Also, were they in Australia or were they in America? So it's, well, shot in Australia for the most part. We shot yeah, down but- in Adelaide, <laughs> but yeah, in America. They're meant to be in America. That that uh, fight, um, what are they called? The guys that curate fights, the guys that put them together. He did not try and hide his Australian accent at no, all. No, no. <laughs> he's a great, he's a great actor. Great too. actor, he's in the, but um, yeah, in I'm the like, oh, milk ads. <laughs> oh, they're in Australia. Okay, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. They did, they did <laughs> shoot a ton of this um, movie. Like one thing I do like, yes, the CGI was a bit ho hum at times, yeah. but. I like that they shot a lot of this actually out in the real environment. Like all the Outworld stuff was shot in an old abandoned open cut mine in mm. South Australia. And it looks really cool. Like there's some awesome big sprawling wide shots where they're walking around this barren landscape. And I think it looks really great. Oh, like um, the Outer Realms? Like- yeah, in, in Outworld. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they look, I was really impressed, honestly. Like it both looked impressive and depressing, which it should um at the same time like and there was also this moment where they're walking through there and they're discussing like oh we you know we got to go out there and kill them because of the prophecy and everything and shang sung's actually got a dirty face like yeah. you know he's covered in dirt and everything because the place is shit um so yeah, yeah was- outworld does not look like a good appealing place i get why they want to take over earth realm because uh it's yeah nice. outworld looks very depressing but, but that's that's yeah. another gripe for me is Shang Tsung is a nothing character in this movie. Like, obviously, he's the big bad in the first film. And uh, Kari Hiroku Tagawa, I think is how you pronounce his name, played it perfect, to perfection. But this iteration, he's just he's just a nothing plot point. Yeah. Like, I know they're going to move him into future, future movies um, if they do uh, make their way to the screen. But it, <laughs> for the big bad, he was anything but... Yeah, he didn't, like, his presence didn't feel intimidating um, only in the sense of, like, a bully. Um, yeah. Although we did get a great scene of him um, uh, taking the soul of Kung Lao yeah. <laughs> and old Kabal saying, your, your brother's bad case was his soul sucked or something yeah. like that. Like, it was some weird line. It was like, really, really broke the mood <laughs> or, yeah, or the I'm seriousness. Um. <laughs> skimming down to try and find that line here if it's in the IMDb quotes. But yeah, I think I think you nailed it. Yeah, he's like, Yeah, your brother's about to get his salsa. <laughs> it was just <laughs> like, like What? <laughs> so ridiculous. But um I agree. Like for how like obviously he isn't the big big bad, but he's kinda got a you know, some kind of evil presence about him and he, he has a reputation about him but it just it, it wasn't there for you like like I said he just found it like he's, he felt like a bit of a, a bully like an annoying yeah. bully um I feel like to be honest Sub-Zero seems like he's more incredible than him to be honest but um yeah well like in spoiler territory like um yeah like with with having having Joe Taslam signed on for three future movies and this current iteration of Sub-Zero now dead, obviously in, in the game history, that Gen 1 Sub-Zero, you could call him, ends up becoming Noob Cybot. So mm. there's there's a strong, uh, you know, a strong potential there that they're going to um, pivot and bring in bring in Noob Cybot um, as, as the next version and then have, um, yeah, the younger brother of Sub-Zero maybe take over the Sub-Zero mantle as well. Yeah. Yeah, but then we might see Quan Chi as well. So because because Quan Chi, um, 
brings old Sub-Zero back to life and, and turns him into Noob Cybot. So we might see Quan Chi in the second one. Mm. Um, I think that's a good good sort of jump off point into who would you like to see appear in these potential sequels? Who's some characters on your wish list that you want to see there? For no other apparent reason, just because I loved the uniqueness of his character, Striker. I cracked up when I saw this in in the uh, the show notes. Like, uh, yeah, the why not the the American policeman with the backwards hat on. Yeah, he could we could work in like there's there's always references to the armed forces and stuff in there. It's and, true. Um, but yeah, so maybe maybe Striker Striker just instead always of him being a policeman, they repurpose him. He was part uh, of their their unit as well. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know what? That's that's what they'll do. Oh, now I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And I know you referenced another one of your favorites uh, there too. Yeah. So I wrote, I actually wrote here in a question, do I actually, like, do I want Sindel in there? Sindel it was my main character, the one that I played and I adore her and I love her and I every, everything about her story and everything. But then I kind of sat there and I said, do I want them to attempt my character? Like they did well with Cabal and I was happy, but then I'm like, man, Sindel means a lot and they could fuck that up on me so maybe i don't want her so yeah it's it's risky it's so risky it's very risky so um yeah i I think that'd be great like i'm i'm assuming we might yeah see see noob and quan chi uh we got an easter egg with with shinnok where um where we have kano when they're in in the training area before he does his eventual heel turn uh, he steals a necklace, and it's actually um, Shinnok's necklace. But then they they wise up to it and tell him to put it back. So I like that there's some references of characters like that. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing one of the old uh, cyborg ninjas. Give me some Cyrax oh, yeah. or Sector. Yeah, big fans of those two. Um, outside of that, I don't know. Like, I'm assuming we're going to get Princess Katana. We might get Shao Will Khan. we? Will we get Katana? Because there's a moment between uh, Melina and Liu Kang where they're all standing at like in front of each other, kind of like insinuating that each person's got dirt. So, you know, Cabal was standing in front of Kano and blah, blah, blah. But like Melina was standing in front of... um... Oh, oh, I've completely forgotten his name. Brain fart. Absolute brain fart. Liu Kang. I said it like five seconds yeah. ago. Anyway, so Melina is standing in front of Liu Kang and like they're kind of like giving each other evil eye and then they kind of pan over to Katana's fan. Like, yeah, that's true. Suggesting that that's like kind of already happened. Like, like there's like been a death and they've already got bad blood. But then I guess that moment passes so quickly that it doesn't mean anything? I don't know. Mm. Mm. I, gu- I guess it opens it up to go one way or the other. They could say, yep, they killed her off, or no, that was just a little nod for, for, for potential future, future. Yeah, true, true. But I guess I guess the big certainty of who's going to be appearing in the sequel, uh, the, the movie ends with uh, Cole heading over to Hollywood to, uh, to I guess, recruit the next one of uh, Earthrealm's uh, team. And that is none other than Johnny Cage. Uh, we get the, the movie poster referenced on the wall there, which is funny because it's a movie poster for a film that Johnny Cage is in, but he's wearing the Johnny Cage belt. So is he sort of playing himself in the movie? I don't know. Like you wouldn't wear a belt with your real name on it if you're playing as someone else, right? But, oh, yeah, I guess that's true, actually. <laughs> yeah, but um, there's been a bit of discourse on the internet oh, since uh, since this obviously was, was shown at the end of the film. 
about who we think should play Johnny Cage. So everyone's resident action comedy uh, savant has thrown his hat in the ring, I guess, through some of his social posts, and that's Ryan Reynolds. But mm. I think you and I are in a bit of unison here uh, with old Mike Bizan and aka The Miz from the WWE playing Johnny Cage. <laughs> He's been playing Johnny Cage all his life. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I don't see why not. It just it's it seems pretty damn good. Ryan Reynolds is way above bank. I feel for uh, the Mortal Kombat. Um, you know, franchise. I don't think they're going to have the money to kind of get Ryan Reynolds. I don't want Ryan Reynolds. I'm sorry. I, I don't. Um, he's a great actor, but I just don't want him in the, as Johnny Cage. I don't see it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, when people said The Miz, I believe someone's done a mock-up of... Yeah, I think Boss Logic tossed one out there. So he was quick on quick on the draw. Yeah, so I like like he's obviously like he's got the wrestling background, so he's athletic. He he'll be able to do the moves. He he'll know how to do the training. Like he's very familiar with that. Granted, you know mm. he's a father now of is it two daughters, one daughter. I but, think so. Yeah. Yeah, but like I I just I think it's it's just it's just right. If you're playing it all your life, so get the get the role. I I would not be upset with that cast, and he's not a bad actor. Like I've watched him in a couple of movies that he's. I guess, in a quote, starred in, um, and he's not a bad actor. Like, he'll he'll certainly uh, add to that role. And um, yeah, then for future, they can. I don't know if they're going to double down and go down the path where Johnny Cage and Sonya Blade end up, you know, becoming a thing and and giving like having Cassie Cage their daughter. I don't really like Cassie you know, Cage. I like she's she's in the new game. She's who I mean. I know because um, we went to an event where we played Mortal Kombat and you kicked my ass three times in a row in front of a crowd of people as Cassie Cage. Hashtag never yeah. forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she's pretty great. But um, yeah, like, and I, I get why they didn't put Johnny Cage in this movie because Kano is the Johnny Cage of this movie. Kano is also, you can tell he's a character placement of being the audience where, um, you know, all this random weird shit is going on and Kano's the person to be there going, what the fuck is going on? What is all this weird shit? So, yeah, I just, um, I, I really hope that they bring Kano back. I, I think they might based on the um, reception he got um, on this movie alone. He, the implication is that he died. He got his eye stabbed. Um, and therefore the marker transferred over to Sonya and all of a sudden she knows how to use her plasma cannons like that. Um, That's all it took. Female empowerment, what activated her arcana, and then she's popping them rings. I just, I really hate how she kind of got tagged along through the whole thing. And it's like, it's like deep down she knew she deserved the powers. I don't know. That that, that was something that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, But um, yes, but he lost his... He lost his, uh, Kano lost his little emblem, but like, I've got a feeling that they could bring him back because his eye thing was there. It wasn't a metal plate like we're used to. And he also didn't have his chest thing, right? Like he also yeah. sometimes has a chest piece. So I've got yeah, a so feeling. Maybe, maybe Shinnok, I not Shinnok, sorry, maybe Quan Chi could bring him and, uh, and Sub back that's what in I th- different iterations. That's what I think. And I mean, we've been, we're very evident that uh, the technology mechanical thing is very present uh in the universe of arcana apparently magic metal is a thing reference to jacks and his arms <laughs> that i also don't get but um yeah so i reckon that they could bring kano back again yeah i 
I'd, 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 I'd like, like to see it because yeah. he was great. He like as we said at the start of this potty, he carried this movie. Like oh, if they didn't boy. have him in this as a comedic foil for these straight laced characters that he's dealing with, the movie would not land anywhere near as good for me. Like um, we we both really enjoyed it, and like if we're sort of jumping jumping into sort of a score and then maybe talking about um, if we prefer this to the original, mm-hmm. like um. I think we both agreed. Like I had seven tenths of a seven tenths of a flawless victory as what I score it, which is you know translates to a seven out of ten for me. But if there was no Josh Lawson or no Kano, uh, might be like a five, maybe less. Yeah, well, I wrote seven just like yeah. <laughs> it scraped by to a seven. Um, yeah, and if yeah, if we had no Kano, a uh, five would mm, yeah five would probably yeah. be a little bit fair. Yeah. Yeah, he he carried this movie, and he was every scene he was in, he was stealing it. Like, oh yeah, you know, literally, like yeah, stealing Shinnok's necklace, and and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> metaphorically stealing the scenes with the zingers. Mm. Uh, you know, the 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 foot massage reference. There was a part in there where I think when when they first introduced Cole to Kano, and he's like, and Sonya Blade's like, this is Kano, and then Cole's like, Kano, Kano, what? And he's like, Kano, none of your fucking business. business. Like, <laughs> like, just just. Perfect, perfect delivery, and um, yeah, I, I was all for it. So yeah, shout out to Josh Lawson. He's he's my MVP of this movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, um, like I really hate suggesting that he did carry it, but like even with prominent characters, like um, Kung Lao still felt a little lackluster to me. Sonya Blade felt a little lackluster to me. I liked Jax's um, character, but he had too much of a mopey moment him like for me personally how i know jacks so and like i said about raiden so yeah like when you have someone like kano who's front center and just like right there in your face and just really holding scenes together yeah that's unfortunately that's why that's the general consensus between most viewers on why yeah yeah 100 yeah a a quick quick shout out to uh to mopey jacks when like he gets his arms frozen off and obliterated by sub-zero and then these, uh, you know, these monk technology savants oh make him primitive robot arms, but they're made out of like metallic spaghetti. And he's got these little <laughs> metal arms on his big jacked body. And it was fucking, oh my God, I was pissing myself <laughs> laughing with these little arms. Yeah, that's it. It was like little tiny arms and like little grabbies. Um, it looked like the Meccano sets that you get yeah. as a kid. <laughs> I, I guess that you can see they're they're pretty short on technology in this temple, but like it yeah, he gets these Jax's little. It didn't matter. was metal yeah, magic. Little, little little Meccano T Rex arms he's got, and he's just moping around, and yeah, but yeah, yeah he, he gets his big boy arms, and then yeah, thunderclaps Raiko's head into oblivion. So yeah, yeah, but overall the movie's good. The movie's good. It's not perfect, but it's fun, and that's what you need sometimes. Yeah, it's it's a movie of hope. Right, like it's not yeah. necessarily going to like wow you and like say like cool gaming franchises into movies has been saved. No, but it definitely sets um set us sets us up for the possibility of a follow up being even better. Um, I don't know if it is the case. I'm assuming that COVID might have fucked up a lot of things for getting this movie maybe a bit more polished. Um, yeah. and I'm going to assume that. Uh, so, you know, hopefully in a better time in the future, we're going to get something even better. And that's how I view this. 
I do too. Like I, I firmly just in my head, this is like this is the prequel. We're getting the we're getting the, yeah. the mainline films for future. This was a test bed to see if there's an appetite for this again. Yeah, clearly there is because I think they've made their money back on this I movie think already. They did yeah, they got like pretty good box office record, not records, yeah. but you know box office um results. Yeah, so which is great, and for a first time Aussie actor, uh, Aussie director, I should say, sorry. Uh, executing the way he did like respectful to the source material a lot of homage to characters and histories and and plot threads from the games i think he did pretty well so i'd I'd, uh, happily see old sam mccoy come back for for future movies and um get more of this but i guess the big question miss hart do you prefer this or the original film from the 90s because that's a big question and i know you got a lot of love for the original the love is still there. If someone asked me, do you want to watch the OG or the 2021 version? I'd say let's load up that OG. Let's go. That's all. Yeah. Let's get that. See, get that's it. impressive. Like maybe, maybe I'm suffering from recency bias, but um, I, I preferred this one overall. The first one's great in that it's just bad, but it's good and it's funny and it's bad. Yes. It's <laughs> yes. It's bad, but it's good, but it's funny, and it's bad, but it's good. Yeah. Um, we also yeah. got like a, like, oh, actually, did we? We got a good chunk of characters. Not great acting for the most part, but we just, just there's a lot of lines in there that <laughs> are very memorable for me. So, yeah, I, I, I would prefer to watch the OG one. Yeah, the, o- the OG's got a lot more, a lot more zingers. Uh, that are just memorable now. But mm. I think when we reflect on this movie in a few years' time, we're going to be throwing out some of the... The Kano Zingers especially. Like, he had line after line that was just bam, bam, bam. And there was some absolute crackers in there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm siding with the recency bias here and saying I'd prefer... If I had to watch either of them again right now, I'd watch the latest one because I just know how bad some of the stuff from that first movie was, like the Goro prosthetics. Oh, love. my God. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. You could see the string. It was so great. <laughs> and then Raiden watching the fight, and he, and he punches the guy next to him because... <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's enjoying it so much. <laughs> Goofy Raiden is my favourite. Oh, fun, Christopher fun, Lambert had a great time, time. Fun times Raiden is my favourite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he he had a great time. He Christopher did. Lambert, and he's he uh, you know, <laughs> there can fantastic. only be one. There can only be one. Yep, I like that. Uh, but yeah, um, overall the the sort of temperature check from the socials from the Instagram poll sort of landed in the middle. It you did saying. actually. It, surprisingly, it landed on the middle, probably a little bit closer to the positive side. Um, overall, though, like we had a few people who were definitely on the the no like absolutely no it wasn't a good movie and then we had some people that were on the very high but then i think that it synced up in between the middle where a lot of people were just like yeah it was a good movie i was okay it was all right not a lot of people saying it was amazing not a lot of people saying it was horrible we're just all happy comfortable sitting in the middle i'd confidently say right now that it is one of the better video game to movie adaptations i've ever seen like i know it's not a high bar like there's a lot of shit that's been made, but it is one of the better ones to come out that I can remember. Mm. I've yet to see Sonic. It's it's fine too. It's, it's fine. fine. Yeah. Yeah. I I enjoy. I was pleasantly surprised by Sonic, but yeah, this movie it didn't break my heart. Uh, Reptile's heart got obviously broken, but um, 
yeah, I enjoyed it. I was happy with it. I'd gladly go watch it again at the cinemas and pay some money to to yeah get another ticket and check it out. Like it's I it's wonder, great. Repeat watch definitely. I wonder if I would have enjoyed it more if I had the ability to see it at the cinemas. Yeah, it was pretty good. Like just the 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 uniform, like the the unanimous laughter with with some of those scenes was great. It was really good. Added to it. To be fair, like me and my husband sitting on the couch watching it, we got to go like full mystery science theater three thousand and take jabs and jokes and stuff like that throughout the the movie so i you know either all either all yeah see that would have been a good good way to have it too but yeah i couldn't do that in the movies because you get shushed and get (laughs) yelled at by angry patrons but yeah this brings us to the end of another spoiler cast uh thank you Bit nation for taking the time to listen to our thoughts and our rants on 2021's mortal kombat film Uh, i think the overall impressions here is that it's a good movie we're giving it some sevens across the board uh, you know, that is a phenomenal score. Uh, I'm very surprised, like even outside of all the warts and the negativity uh, and like those earlier reviews, like um, yeah, Daddy Daddy Lemon and, and Benny McJanet, or Benny's is pretty much just purely negative, but valid points. But I think everyone's like, it's not perfect, but it's pretty fucking fun. Yeah. And, you know, he's a seven. Yeah, exactly. You know, don't expect a masterpiece. Enjoy yourself and leave your law at the door. Ooh. And on that note, I think we're going to close this down until we enter the spoiler cast arena for another time. We don't know what that's going to be, but uh, we'll find something to talk about. We always do. Nice, juicy, deep (laughs) detail. Find us all as a collective at We Are 8-Bit on them socials. Find Miss Ellie Hart at Miss Ellie Hart and find myself at Brendan 8-Bit. But until next time, 8-Bit Nation, much love. And stay flawless. You're on fire today. (laughs) 